Welcome back to She Got Next, episode seven. I feel like we're on a roll. I'm very excited for this episode. Dallas, thank you for joining me. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing, Maya? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like our free fix, do you know what our record is now? Is it 5-1? It should be, uh, what, we got episode seven? Yeah, 5-1. Five and one. Wow. Five and one. Hoping to go 6-1. and one. Okay. So let's get into some of these trending topics. This one was everywhere. The NBA announced that they are having a WNBA versus NBA three-point contest this year with Steph versus Sabrina. What did you think of that, Dallas? Uh, I think it's pretty cool for the culture and everything. Um, the I feel like the... I don't like the metrics of it, I guess, is what you would call it. I don't like that. I feel like regardless of if it's man versus woman, they should be shooting from the same line and with the same ball. Mm-hmm. That's just my think that it should be uh, that Sabrina shoots with the girl and shoots from the close to three point line. I don't. I don't think that should be the case. I feel like if you're gonna do it, just do it, and it's the same the three points shootout instead of. One being just because he's a man, you got to shoot with the NBA ball and from the NBA line. And because she's a girl, she shoots with the girl ball from the women's line. So that's just my opinion on that part. But I think it is pretty cool. And I think it'll get some more views. As soon as they announced that the NBA was going to do that contest, Sabrina immediately replied and she was like, no, I'll do it from the NBA three-point line. Let's get it. Yeah, I like Sabrina. That's pretty cool. Because <laughs> that's like the first thing. When I read that, I'm like, uh... I don't like that. It's like, it's cool because, like, now she wins. It's like an asterisk on it. And it's like, you know, it's like, I just, I didn't like that. So I feel like it's to be the same. Okay. Let's say she shoots with the, the women's ball. That's, mm-hmm. that's okay. But the line, it got to be the same. I mean, I still do think that they should shoot with the same ball. But, you know, I guess the line is good enough for me. So why do you think it immediately crossed your mind for her to shoot with the man ball from the man line? Why don't you think Steph should shoot with the WNBA ball from the WNBA line? If Steph shot with the WNBA ball from the WNBA line, he might not miss a shot. Mm-hmm. The the WNBA ball is smaller, so it's easier for it to go inside the rim one, and then the WNBA line is closer. But uh, I do feel like what they're doing, if she shoots from the NBA line, I feel like that's valid enough. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I feel like that's valid enough. Okay. So I saw this tweet and they said that they loved the concept of this contest, but they said, imagine if this had started decades ago. And so they made some fake potential matchups and I want us to just go through and see who we think would have won these. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. First one, we got Cheryl Swoops, a legend versus Michael Jordan. In a one-on-one or a three-point contest? In a three-point contest. Um, maybe Cheryl Swoops. That yeah, it is kind of tricky because it's specifically from the three-point line. Yeah, maybe Cheryl Swoops. I'm gonna go with Cheryl as well. Then we got Dawn Staley versus Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Ray Allen for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Becky Hammond versus Steve Kerr. I'm gonna go with Steve. Yeah, I would say Steve Kerr. This one, this is tricky when you, when you really think about it. Diana Taurasi versus Kobe Bryant. 
they're kind uh, of the same version, you know, like yeah, just a and female uh, version of each other. Uh, I say, R.I.P. Kobe, Kobe Bryant. I, I can't have him losing. So, R.I.P. Kobe. I'm not gonna pick, but I will say that if Kobe lost against D.T., he would keep going against her until he won. So he would yeah. make sure he beat her at least once because Kobe, he he don't play. Okay, we got Sue Bird versus Paul Pierce. I'm going with Sue. Yeah, I'm going with Sue. This one is a little bit more recent now. These are players uh, who are still in the league. Allie Quigley versus Clay Thompson. Mm. That's hard. That might Quigley, be a tie. That might be yeah. a tie. Quigley, she always comes in clutch to knock them down, but that's what Clay does as well. Like, that's what he's known for. I, I might take Quigley. I ain't gonna lie. Quigley doesn't miss. <laughs> Quigley, really? Quigley, Quigley doesn't miss. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna I'm go with the tie. And then last one, they said Asia Wilson versus LeBron James. They wouldn't be in this three point contest. That's but what LeBron, I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> LeBron can I, win, can I uh, say neither? <laughs> LeBron would win, but. I don't think they should be in the three-point contest. Yeah, I don't think so either. All right, cool. Well, thanks for playing that little game. So next topic we're going to talk about, Caitlin Clark. When Iowa played against Northwestern recently, I don't know if you saw, but the line two hours before the game was so, 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 so long. And so now that's like the Caitlin Clark effect. Anytime Iowa plays someone, they show the line outside, their ticket sales, increase the price increases um so Kayla Clark in the game against Northwestern at halftime she had 18 points and so she was going to the game she was in fourth place for the NCAA women's basketball D1 all-time scorer list by the time halftime came she had 18 points and then she jumped from fourth place to second place so she's now second place on that list in that game she scored 35 so she had a pretty good game. And so now a lot of people, analysts, are looking through her numbers to see when they think she will reach that number one spot. Third place was a Missouri State player, Jackie Styles. She had 3,393. And then Ohio State's Kelsey Mitchell had 3,402 points. So Caitlin jumped past both of them. Now she has 3,424. Kelsey Plum's record is... 3,528. So she isn't really that far away. And, you know, she's averaging over 30 points per game. So now everyone is trying to guess when they think she's going to break the record. Right now, they say she's projected to break the record on February 15th against Michigan State. I'm excited for Caitlin Clark. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. Like, first, like, it's so much that goes with that. You have to be healthy. You have to make shots <laughs> you have to deal with every team scouting report having you being at the top of it double teams all this type of stuff but the health is the the most important one because like you got to play long enough in order to do it. if you don't play long enough you're not going to break those records those records are hard to be broken so um I, that's an outstanding accomplishment for Caitlin. so uh, that she will and I think that will hold for a while. I don't think no one's going to break that record for a long time. For a long time? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's going to be interesting. And I love that when she caught up to second place, that was right after the interview when Cheryl Swoops had said, we don't think Caitlin's going to perform like that in the league. 
she might go in, but she's not going to put up crazy numbers. Did you see that quote she gave? Yeah, uh, I did see it. Um, I don't think Cheryl Seuss was saying it like that. I feel like what, what she was saying was that just in the WNBA, it's not that many. What she said was like, it's not that many spots. And mm-hmm. girls are way more aggressive and playing harder because they know they're coming for their job at the end of the day. Cause it's not that many, it's not that many jobs. Mm-hmm. On the it's not that many teams. And it's not that easy to keep dominating like that when you're not going to get 30 shots a game, 40 mm-hmm. shots a game. You know what I'm saying? You're taking all the shots at this team. So when you're in the WNBA, you're not just going to come in getting 30 shots a game. So it's not the same it's just like you have to adjust to the to the league, and I do feel like that's what's going to happen. I feel like she'll be a solid uh, role player the first couple of years, and it might develop into that superstar. But I I don't see her being just a superstar right off back. But I'm not going to be the one to doubt Miss Clark either. Like she's done some amazing stuff, so I don't want to even be on record saying she's not going to be a bona fide superstar because she might be. I think right now. It's very difficult to enter the WNBA and immediately become a star. Like, there's so many people. Even in the first round, there was a lot of people in the top 20 picks, top 10 picks, who got drafted and then now are not even in the WNBA. They don't play right now. So, like what Shura was saying, is there aren't that many spots for them. So, Caitlin, she'll make the league. She'll definitely like she might get rookie of the year, you know, like she might be like be like Aaliyah Boston. You go out there, you have a big name, you do what needs to be done. But even Aaliyah Boston right now, she isn't technically a star of the league. She was just a great rookie. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So Kayla, I think it would be like that where you might get rookie of the year, you might have a great second season, a great third season, but it'll take some time before you're like in Asia Wilson. So let's talk about South Carolina, the number one team in the country. They're undefeated. They're just rolling through these teams uh, back to back to back. So this past week was pretty chaotic. Nearly half of the AP's top 25 teams lost at least one game. So most teams lost. There were a bunch of upsets. And so now all eyes are on South Carolina, especially since Kansas State, who's number two, they lost as well. I don't want to say, do we think South Carolina is beatable? Because I love South Carolina and any team is beatable. How do you think the rest of this season is going to go for this amazing powerhouse program, Dallas? Uh, I don't see no one beating South Carolina. Um, Maybe LSU has a chance, but uh, they're not losing. They're too good. Why do you say maybe LSU could beat them? Um, just because they have enough like all star power individually to beat them. I feel like if you don't like, it's two aspects of being able to beat, especially uh, a women's college basketball team. You got to have superstar power. You got to have team like chemistry. You have to have a good coach. But like the thing that really kind of levels levels the playing field is the other girls not being scared of what's on the other side. And I think LSU, none of those girls are scared of the other girls. Like they all feel like they the same talent levels, same toe to toe with them. So it's like I feel like that gives them a chance. The rest of these teams is girls that's on the floor that know like I can't fuck with her. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that's just that's just what I mean by that. Okay. 
Did you watch the LSU South Carolina game? No, I watched the end, like the last couple plays, but I didn't watch it. When I tell you I watched every single second of that game, including the pregame warm-ups, the breakdowns, the previews, I was so into it. I was locked in. It was a very, very, very good game. LSU was up majority of the time, almost the whole time. So once the fourth quarter came around, I knew South Carolina wasn't going to lose, though. So I saw a tweet that said, I don't want to see her as prayer. I want Don Staley's halftime slap. I just knew there was no way Don Staley and her team were going to lose. But it was a very, very good game. Malaysia came in. She scored eight points literally back to back to back. And when I was watching, it was just beautiful to see. You know, like the LSU crowd, it looked very intense. They were into it. They were cheering. They were going off. It was kind of sad to see LSU sell the game and lose. But it was a very good game, and I think it's good for not only the SEC but for women's basketball overall because they do bring in so many eyes. And the stats showed it had more views than the Celtics game that same night. Mm. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that, but it's definitely believable. And I, mm. I saw KD tweeting about it and a couple more NBA players tweeting about how good the game was. So, mm-hmm. John Moran, it was a bunch because it was a really good – it was a strong, solid game. I was locked in. I almost want to rewatch it just because it was so good. And so now I think it made people even more excited going into the tournament that's coming up this year because we know both of them, well, hopefully LSU will as well, they should be able to plow through a bunch of teams and get pretty far in this tournament. So hopefully we do get to see them go against each other. I would rather it be as the championship game instead of earlier and then they knock one of the other out but it was a great game i loved it all right so let's get into some upsets so this is upset alert my upset includes lsu i'm sorry to their fan base but mississippi state upset lsu they won 77 to 73 angel had a big double double though she had 20 points and 18 rebounds the other team they had someone jacayla jordan she scored 24 another player She scored 19 points. They had a very solid team. The only thing that I don't like is that when LSU loses, Angel always tries to put that on herself. She'll put the team on her back and say, this is my fault. This was my loss, guys. She said that a couple of times when they have these big losses, and I don't think that's fair, just because it's a whole team effort. Even if you were on the court every single second of the game, you're not the only player out there. You have other teammates out there with you. You have a coach as well. Like, there's so much that goes into play to actually lose or win a game. So I don't like that Angel tries to put all the blame on herself. That's not fair. She had a big double-double. So it's like, what more can we really want from her? My upset is Oklahoma against Kansas State. They played yesterday. The score was 66-33, so it was a defensive struggle. But the difference in the game to me was that Oklahoma was able to create turnovers and get out in transition and score on those turnovers. They created 16 turnovers for Kansas State, and they had 16 points off of turnovers. So that means they converted nearly half of their turnovers into points if you're getting two points per turnover. And I feel like that was the biggest difference in the game because both teams shot pretty bad from the field. Oklahoma shot 40% from the field. Kansas State shot 36% from the field. Uh, Neither team got really to the free throw line that much. They didn't shoot well from the three-point line. It was just a defensive struggle. 
but the difference literally was that on the off of Oklahoma's turnovers, they scored, and Kansas State did not convert their turnovers. They also turned Oklahoma over ten times, but they didn't convert them into points. They only converted those turnovers into eight points. So that was the difference in that game, and yeah, they got it done. So when I posted that Oklahoma upset Kansas State, there were some people in the comments who were like, well, why do we care about Kansas State having an upset? You know, we're like, who is Kansas State? Why were they ranked so high? And so I think Kansas State, they've been playing very well. They were number two. They were ranked number two, but people weren't really paying attention to them as much. And so the people in the comments section were like, what is their schedule strength? You know, like, why, why do we care? But Kansas State, they beat Iowa, North Carolina, Baylor, Texas. Like, they beat big programs. So they were, to an extent, a team to beat. And then Oklahoma beat them. So shout out to Oklahoma. All right. So let's get into Athlete of the Week. I'm excited to talk about my Athlete of the Week because I'm choosing Hannah Hidalgo, the freshman at Notre Dame. Now, Hannah, she's been going crazy all season. Like, she's definitely – we've talked about her before, um, about if we were having to pick our freshman of the year, would it be Hannah or would it be Juju? But Hannah did something crazy this past week. When they played UConn, she had a personal master class. Hannah dropped 34 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. And this was on the UConn alumni night. So Brianna Stewart was in the crowd. Diana Taurasi was in the crowd. Like some of the UConn greats had showed up. They were so excited. Like, yeah, UConn, woo. And then Hannah was like, oh, no. And she made sure that Notre Dame beat them by 15 points. It wasn't even close. So I just love that because she came in and she was like, "That's it's y'all night. That's cute. But let's put all the light and attention on me. And she served it up. Yeah. She played great. She's amazing. I ain't gonna lie. She is different. Like I saw a tweet uh with like a video of the game. They like the best player on the floor is a freshman. Like, yeah. So that that was cool. High praise. Mm-hmm. My player of the week is your upset alert. <laughs> Jerkayla Jordan. She has been balling. When I say she's been balling, she's been balling. Against LSU, she had 24 points. Four rebounds, two assists on nine and 17 from the field. She hit three for three from the three-point line, but this is where she won the game at. She had five steals, mm. five steals. So she's playing excellent defense and offense. And then at Florida on the road, she had 21 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, and she also had a steal, I mean, two steals and a block in that game as well. And they beat Florida by 12 on the road. So she's just been balling all week. And I expect her to continue the ball, especially after beating LSU. I'm pretty sure that's a confidence booster, and I don't see her game uh, downgrading at all. I can only see her playing better. So shout-out to Miss Jordan. That, to me, honestly, that's the best part about an upset. Not to say that we're rooting for the underdog, but I do love that after she upset them, now more people are paying attention. She has more eyes on her to even become a player of the week for us to be watching and seeing all the points and all the steals and everything. So that's why I love that we have this upset alert segment because we can shine light on other players outside of these big programs that are always in the headlines, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
All right. So like I mentioned earlier, you've been making people money. People are always DMing you and me like, hey, where's the new episode? I need this free pick. I'm trying to get money. Like, we get it. So Dallas, would you like to give our lovely audience another free pick? Okay. Our free play for today is literally my favorite play today. And I'm kind of torn. I'm not torn. So the Memphis Grizzlies have been rolling. When I say they've been rolling, they have been rolling. They have covered in six straight games, and they won as underdogs in three of those games. And one of those games, they were a 10-point underdog to the Miami Heat. But the Memphis Grizzlies, the interesting thing about it, a lot of people have been betting against them because they have, like, five guys from the G League that they just called up. They have Scottie Pippen Jr. on their team, Gigi Jackson on their team, like three, four more guys because everyone's hurt on the Grizzlies. But they're finding a way to stay competitive in these games. They haven't lost a game by more than 10 points since the Chicago Bulls six games ago. But I think that comes to an end tonight. They play the Cleveland Cavaliers, who in the uh, last 10 games are 9-1. and one. Their only loss came to the Milwaukee Bucks, but then they came back and beat the Milwaukee Bucks the next game. The reason why I like the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, I do think they cover the spread. The spread is minus 7. I think they cover the spread just because during this stretch of the Grizzlies being amazing, oh shit, this has changed. Uh, okay, well my pick has just changed. Evan Mobley was just ruled out for Thursday, so I do think the Cleveland Cavaliers still win the game, but now I don't think I'm not sure if I want to take a minus seven on the Cleveland Cavaliers. So now what I think is a good pick is going to be a two leg parlay. It'll be the Cleveland Cavaliers on the money line and Jared Allen to record a double-double. So if you're on FanDuel, how you have to do that is pick the money line for the Cleveland Cavaliers and then go to Jared Allen's actual props and go to 10 rebounds and 10 points, and it pays the same as if you would have put a double-double. And there, that's how you're going to do that. You're going to do the Cleveland Cavaliers to win and Jared Allen get a double-double. When Mobley is not playing, Jared Allen is a monster on the boards, and he scores the points because he gets full sped by Donovan Mitchell, and now Darius Garland is back as well. He's going to score 10 points with ease, and the Memphis Grizzlies don't have a big man that can stop Jared Allen from getting 10 rebounds. He can get that with his eyes closed if he didn't see the ball. So uh, that that will be the play. It gets you the plus money, and that's what we're rolling with today. Cavaliers money line and Jared Allen double-double. And we'll be back next week to say that we are six and one. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I got to write it down so I can remember. So that in a couple of weeks, we'll be like, we're 32 and one. Something yeah, crazy. You know, you know we're going to keep that one at the end. We ain't losing no more. Period. <laughs> All right, Dallas. Thank you for joining me today. And I will see you next week. All right. Have a good one.